You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy. Before we come to today's episode, I just want to ask everybody to check out the new, uh, newly launched YouTube channel. That's Miami Heat UK TV. We've had the channel for about a year and done absolutely nothing with it, um, but that is all changing as of now. We have three brand new shows already starting to launch first one came up just a few days ago which is the heat hub which is a new miami heats roundup show uh we launched the first episode just a few days ago that was a great uh fun putting that together we've got the uh miami heat film room show coming up as well in the next week or so and tepid takes his back uh for another season so we've got lots of content going on on the youtube channel that is miami heats uk tv so please subscribe so that we have uh, we are starting from scratch with that so any help any subscribers will be great on to today's episode and i'm delighted to welcome another member of the five on the floor podcast from the five reasons sports network it's the tropical blanket himself alex toledo alex how are you sir i'm doing all right what's going on with you oh we're very good very good over here thank you yes how is miami are they hyped now is, is everybody in the city hyped up for a brand new season about to start in a few days. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, but we're in the midst of a civil war right now on Heat Twitter, so <laughs> we're still getting through that. Yeah, this is very, very true. And we're at the, I mean, this is going to be the main topic of debate, obviously, unless you've been uh, off social media for uh, some time or living under a rock. Uh, you will know that the James Harden rumours went into full, full-blown civil war, as Alex says. Uh, last night after the reports that the Heat are in negotiations. But we will come on to that very shortly. Before we do, um, there was another big bit of breaking news a few days earlier. Uh, it seems like ages ago now with all these hardened rumours. But that was that Giannis Antetokounmpo had signed his max contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, which ends the Heat's pursuit, year-long pursuit of, of him, uh, for now anyway, we may come back to it, who knows what will happen in the future, but certainly free agency 2021 has now been ruled out. So um, Alex, first of all, how are we after a year long of telling people that it's Giannis coming 2021, Giannis and Bam season, this is what we've been saying, how are we going to convince people on Twitter that we didn't want him, we didn't really need him, you know, this was, <laughs> how are we going to get around this one? Well, that's the luxury of being a Heat fan, man. You get to be in on so many stars that you could just act like you didn't really care for one or the other. You could all just be like, yeah, Giannis can't shoot. He wasn't going to be a fit with these guys anyway. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, to me, it was surprising that it came kind of in the middle. Like, I feel like there was still there was another week before the deadline. So I thought that was a little bit surprising. I mean, him taking the money to me is not that surprising. I, I you know, all those reports, he wanted to stay in Milwaukee. And he's kind of was looking for the reason to stay. Maybe it's not the best basketball decision for him to stay. But they have won 60, two seasons in a row. I'm sure in his mind, he doesn't think they're far out, even with, you know, the way they got embarrassed in the playoffs by the Heat. I'm sure Drew Holiday was kind of the signal, signaling move that he was looking for to, to kind of get him to, to re-up and, and sign on the dot there. But other than that, if you're really going to talk about it, there's other stars out here who are actually better for us than Giannis. And I think that's... 
it's hard to be it's hard to be uh, argued at this point you can say that you know even with Giannis you make that fit work regardless right like yeah but uh, the other guys that have been rumored for the Heat, I would say, are, are clearly the better fit. So I think it's easy to kind of lay on that stance for sure. Yeah, I think that's the best way to go. I think we'll just say, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't meant to be. It wasn't our fit anyway. So we'll move on to the next star. For now. Say, which, is, which is what the Heat do very, very well. Heat fans do that great. So, uh, yeah. Until oh, a year for a tour from uh, – uh, sorry. Until a year or two from now when he – you know, once these rumors start coming up again, if the Bucks don't win. Exactly. And they won't, I mean, we'll, we'll come, actually, we'll come on to will they win in a second. But yeah, I agree with what you said there. Um, you know, I, I never ever, I, I never begrudge anybody securing a bag, especially a historical bag, which is exactly what that is. It's astronomical numbers. Um, I, I, I always thought, I wrote an article about this a few weeks ago saying that um, when once Holiday had signed, I believe that that signaled that that would be enough to see Giannis um, to re-sign. I, I thought it would have been a big shock if he didn't, especially considering that the Bucks really mortgaged their future to bring in Drew Holiday. So if he then left after having the, the meeting straight after the season finished, after the bubble ended, to say that they would go into the luxury tax and so on, they'll build a team to make them compete. I think that Holiday was a great ad- addition for them. Had to throw a lot of picks uh, to get him. So I think that if they would have done, if he would have done, or well, walked away from it after all of that, I just didn't see that in his character. I just thought that this is his team, and I felt that that was uh, that once once Holiday come in. I think the timing was a bit strange, um, yeah. but I always believed that yeah that was that was going to happen. So coming on to the next thing that you just briefly touched on, then. So do you see now? You're quite right. There are 60 win seasons twice in a row. They're a regular season juggernaut. They've got this problem in the in they've got this mental block in the uh, in the playoffs. They've been uh, knocked out first by the Raptors after going two up in that series as well a couple of years ago, and then got knocked four in a row past them. And then the Heat in five, you know, the four in a row quickly turned into seven in a row. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, um, do you see now with the additions that they've made, have they got better? Do you see that they win uh, a title in the next couple of years? Let's say. It's tough because I think Drew Holiday gives them a better chance. But I, and I've said this a few times on, on five on the floor, and I, and I won't stop just because I think if I was a Bucks fan, a Bucks fan, I would be so unbelievably pissed because the reports going out that you know they never really went after Chris Paul to me that is utter and pure negligence by the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. I think if you're a team like the Heat, we saw that they were interested in Chris Paul when, whenever that was. I've lost completely complete track of time in the world a year and a half ago. I want to say at this point, yeah, it's about you that. Know, uh, they moved on from the Chris Paul stuff because of the years and because of the whole prospect of Giannis being out there and other guys, whatever. That That's kind of understandable. When you're in the Bucks position, a small market franchise like that, you're on the verge of possibly losing Giannis, who's a generational talent, you know, an MVP, the two-time MVP, defensive player of the year. I think you have to go after the best players available. And I think Chris Paul is such an obviously amazing fit next to Giannis. Like, we all know that he needs another point guard out there, another guy who can really leverage the shot and do a lot of different things with or without the ball. And Drew Holiday is a really nice player, man. I really like Drew Holiday. I just don't know that that's exactly what the Bucks needed. I feel like Drew Holiday would have been a nice addition with a, a another star who maybe doesn't need to be set up as much. And I'm, and I'm not saying Giannis can't create for himself, but I just mm-hmm. think maybe if they would have got somebody who can do that a little bit better, like a Chris Paul, I think I would have been more confident about it. And, and Chris Paul could get his own shot. And he's obviously an awesome leader. I just don't know if you feel confident giving the ball to Drew Holiday at the end of the game over Giannis. Like, I, I, you have more options, right? And, and it's a better team. But if the variety of the offense is not changing, if they're still running more or less the same stuff, 
and you know they don't have as much versatility now they really have to depend on Brook Lopez as a five and and I don't know like I'm not really sure about it I think they can win a title I think they can get to the finals they absolutely have the talent of a finals team hmm. but I don't know if they will yeah no I, I'm I'm the same as you I, I had the same discussion where I just couldn't believe that they didn't go all out for Chris Paul he seemed like the perfect piece to add to that team um he really did and I, I completely echo what you said it's never a bad thing to add Drew Holiday to your team but Chris Paul seemed to be the perfect fit there so I, I found that one a bit strange and I don't think they would have had to have given up as much as they gave up for, that they did for Drew so uh unbelievable yeah there, there we go so yeah um one one more thing before we move on for Giannis do you think that him staying is a good thing for the league overall oh that's that's a good question I think oh, it, it provides a nice. I think it provides a nice balance that he's stayed. It is good in the terms of in this day and age with the contracts, etc. Now, obviously, it's a lot of money, so that helps. Um, but um, I think that, that that loyalty thing is something that's always you. You've got to admire that. I think that as much as you, yeah. we wanted him, we wanted him here. Of course, we did. Every team would have wanted him on their team. But uh, yeah, the fact that he stays there and the fact that it now creates a really even balance across the league. I think wherever he would have gone to, the teams that were rumoured, they would have been uh, an instant, um, almost come, would come into a sort of a domination period. If you join Miami with with uh, Butler in his prime and Bam coming into his prime and all those other pieces that we would have had in free, with obviously this being uh, a free agency decision, let's say, um, I think you would have seen Miami dominating for a long time. So I think that um, the, the fact that he's stayed in Milwaukee, uh, tip of the hat, because I think that it's a nice, it's, it's a nice thing to see some loyalty and it's a good thing overall for the balance of the league. It's the best of both worlds for the league as far as, you know, just the way that they're looking at it because they're looking at it like, okay, we can finally shut up all those fans who think every star is just trying to leave on their, on the first door out and, and always just quick to leave, right? But also, yep. again, if they don't win and they're going to be, and you, know, you already know ESPN and, and, the whole NBA narrative is it's going to be watching the Bucks and Giannis for the next year or two. It's going to be a natural window for him to kind of have to see a testing period to see if they have a little bit more success than they've had. Because they're clearly, I mean, after that conference finals trip, going up 2-0 on the eventual champion Raptors, you would think you'd want to go up from there or at least get back to the conference finals. But to then get ousted in five in the second round by the five seed, they've yep. got a long way to go, man. And I think, like, they really need to prove it especially this year, at least get to the conference finals and, and really and, and really uh, put up a fight. Like, I think you can't go down that way again. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to be hyping up the Giannis thing a year from now. I'm, yeah. like, I think if he doesn't win, and I think me and you probably agree that he, that he won't win this year, uh, that stuff is going to come right back. So I think it's good for the league because they get the best of both worlds. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, he's really probably only got two chances at this. And then you then have to look at it and say, well, then you can't blame him if he now walks because you're not getting any better and he's not getting any younger. So, yeah, interesting times for Milwaukee. Um, so on to the, uh, the big, big news, which is uh, what you quite rightly said right at the beginning of the episode that has created civil war on Heat Twitter timelines for sure. And this is that James Harden... Um, First of all, rumoured to be uh, going to the Nets. That's sort of fizzling out now. Then we had the uh, report from Shams, etc. last night that the Sixers were prepared to deal Ben Simmons in this trade. Um, that's now been sort of um, rebuted by, by uh, Daryl Murray. So, uh, and then uh, Five Reasons Sports come out with their own exclusive to say that uh, the Heat are in negotiations and that it was Duncan Robinson that at the moment proved to be the sticking point. So we will come on to all this in a second. But before we do, the reason why this is becoming a big issue and it is causing a lot of, uh, well, it's completely split the fan base, completely split. Um, the, the main people that don't want him 
are, are saying mainly it's down to a culture issue and that they don't like his style of play, etc., etc. So uh, let's get on to the first bit there, which is the fact that uh, James Harden has come back from um, vague partying in Vegas for uh, however many days, weeks, etc. Uh, and he is, let's put it nicely, not in shape, let's say. Um, now, <laughs> Do you know what? This, this is what a lot of people are saying. Why would you want that? He's, clear, you know, he's a guy that clearly loves his party and etc. And Miami is not going to be the best place to sit, situate him when that's the case. Um, what do you think for the people that say that this isn't the sort of player that's going to slip into the Heat culture? Do you think that this is something that, that would just get trained out of him immediately? Or is that something that is a genuine concern to a lot of people? And we should be maybe looking maybe not to, to go down this route. So in a vacuum, I would say, yes, it, it should be a concern. But the thing is, we know that Harden is interested in Miami. We know he's interested in the Heat. We know he has relationships with Jimmy and Bam. And we know, excuse me, we know that he knows that if he were to come to the Heat, he knows what they're about. He knows yeah. he's not going to be able to get away with all that stuff. I'm pretty sure the league is up on this. They know what's going on in Miami. And... Like, I don't think Harden will be able to get get away with all this stuff that got reported, for example, in the Tim, Mc, the Tim McMahon piece from ESPN that got uh, uh, reported this week. Like, you know, going in between uh, games, uh, chartering a private jet to go to Vegas or Atlanta. And look, the guy, and so my, one of my friends put it, <laughs> put it pretty well yesterday. Uh, he said that Harden is living life like a like a rapper, but as a basketball player, I'm, I, I kind of, I kind of respect it. Uh, look, I... Not everything he's done, I think, has been great. Like, I don't love the whole thing of, you know, partying maskless in, in, in Vegas. And I think it's just not a great look when you have the whole league uh, with a serious protocol. It just doesn't look great. But his tactics are Jimmy times 10, right? As yeah. far as when Jimmy was trying to get out of Minnesota. And I think that's what was going to happen if Harden was going to force his way out of Houston, knowing that he signed, uh, signed on for two more seasons and they weren't going to trade him unless he made this much of a mess. And I'm not saying that he only went partying to make a mess and only came back out of shape to make a mess, but that's part of the reason. And look, relatable superstar James Harden playing his way into shape on company time. I mean, <laughs> the relatable working man, James Harden. No, but and we've seen him play his way into shape during the season before, so I think it'll be fine. He, he, he's obviously still going to be a, a top seven player, so he, he knows yeah. how to use his weight and leverage his weight when he's actually on the floor. Like, I think him and Luca are similar in that way where it's just – and, by the way, Luca came back uh, <laughs> looking, looking a, little, a little bit chubby too. Yeah, uh, I mean, th this, this is the thing because, you know, these are athletes. They, uh, I mean, he's undoubtedly out of shape. I mean, I'll tell you what it makes me uh, – it, it reminded me of is, you know, those episodes of Friends when they make Monica really fat? Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of that. He looks like that. But I think, you know, these are this this isn't the regular Joe who, you know, he's, he's got to go to the gym six months to see that sort of weight fall off. It, that, that sort of weight in that conditioning in uh in these organizations will have that fall off of him within within a days even maybe. So that really side of it doesn't issue me. that doesn't bother me. I think that um you're you're right in saying that it's his it's because of the situation that he's in. He's doing this to prove a point and so on. So if he wants his way out, this is the way that he's got, it's, it's, an, it's a tactic of getting his way out. So, um, you know, the, the, the culture thing doesn't really bother me. Um, we'll come on to now what obviously a lot of other people are starting to argue about, and that's what the trades um, package will look like. And before the Robinson news last night, obviously the first um, sort of hissy fit from Twitter was the fact that it was going to be Tyler Harrow. 
Um, now, Tyler Herro is obviously probably the most appealing piece in the package that Miami can offer. So clearly, if Bam and Jimmy are off the table, which they quite rightly should be, um, Tyler is the one that's going to be dealt here before you look at other people. Um, now, the, the main argument that we know is that, obviously, we love Tyler Herro. We love what he stands for. That What he's done in his rookie season has been incredible. But... What, for the people that are saying, well, why would you give up, say, 10 years of Tyler for two years of Harden? What do you count that with? Because I, I see it quite simply as if you look at Tyler Harrow's ceiling, which is maybe around that Devin Booker, maybe you know, the all-star level, I think he will be an all-star. But why would you not want to give that up to, be, to, to get the ultimate package right now? The, the, as you said, the top five, six, seven player in the league, uh, a shooting champion, etc. That obviously, the, to me, it's a no-brainer. But what do you get the argument that you don't want to see people give up the, our sort of our perennial all star, our, our our number one top talent in the in the organization at the moment? Yeah, I definitely get why people wouldn't want to do it. There's no, I mean, how could you not, right? Like, I mm. think they just got to the finals. It was an extremely lovable team. They had such great chemistry together, and you just kind of project going forward, and it really seems like a group that you can build around. Like you've got some really special shooting between Hero and Duncan. Obviously, two different skill sets two different ages and players, but having those guys around Jimmy and Bam, you saw Goron and, and the way that he was able to step up his game in the in the playoffs. And obviously he, he wouldn't be a, a part of a trade package, I presume. But just in general, I, I understand why fans are kind of attached to this core, to this team that was not supposed to do anything. Or, you know, yeah. was I think I, I, I was pretty optimistic, I thought, as a Heat fan. And, and I had them getting out in the second round before mm. all of this happened. So, them getting to the finals, it was a true Cinderella story, which rarely ever happens in the NBA. So I get why people are really attached to it. I'm attached to this team, too. Like, I think they're really fun to watch. I would hate to see Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson go. Mm -hmm. But I've always leaned, yes, on the Harden thing, especially with the context of the Miami Heat, knowing, you know, you have the best coach in the NBA or one of the best coaches in the NBA. You've got Jimmy and Bam, who are bona fide top 15 players at this point. You know, maybe you don't think Bam is as high as ESPN ranked him. He's a top 20 or 25 player at worst. Yeah. You, even if you're not as high on him, you throw Harden in there, that's a big three. You have Goron as your fourth, and you have some other veteran role players. And I think that's a really, 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 really good team. And I mm -hmm. just think maybe it's maybe it's dumb for me to think in the short term like that, but I don't think Harden as a two-year guy. I, I think Harden, the Heat are giving up all that stuff. is because Harden is going to be here for the long term. Yeah. They're going to get him for the remaining two years. He's going to resign, and you know we can have a we can have a conversation about how he looks when he ages. But I, mm -hmm. I think Hart will be fine for the next three, four years or so. Especially if you're going to be putting him around two other, just all-star top twenty-ish players or so, yeah. and that type of coaching. I think you figure everything else down the line. I think that's something that you don't get the opportunity to trade for a guy of his caliber and maybe if you're the heat if you're like okay we have our sights set on Giannis we feel pretty good about that we have some information that's a different story right you were there was a possibility you could add Giannis to this core during free agency that's not the possibility anymore the free agency stuff I think is out of the question like you like you said earlier because they're gonna have some room next year and they could find ways to build more room if they end up not pulling off this trade right so they can get into more cap room if they wanted to but Giannis is out of the picture Paul George is out of the picture I don't think any of us really think Kawhi is leaving. I mean, who knows nah. what happens to the Clippers, but I doubt that. Uh, so all of a sudden, to me, I think the Heat are a trade team. And if Giannis is out of the picture, at least for the next year or two, and you're just kind of looking at Harden and Beal, I think Harden is clearly the better player. We don't know when Beal's going to become available. Mm -hmm. And Harden is a 
perennial MVP candidate, still in the middle of his prime, just put up 35 last season. And I think we all know what happens to him in the playoffs. To me, my thing with that is I think it has a lot to do with the play style to me. Like, I think it was too much. It was too much for him to just kind of be dribbling, dribbling, dribbling all the time and be responsible for their offense all the time. And I don't think that's what would be happening in in Miami. Yeah, it, it, you, you summed it up brilliantly. And I think that it, when I look at the Tyler Harrow, I, I spoke to Jason Jackson briefly for a week, uh, week or so ago. And my main point to him was I was saying that the, the thing I'm most excited about seeing this season is sophomore Tyler Harrow. I thought that the leap this guy's going to make, I, I'm looking forward to that more than anything. But as much as we love him, we love the drip, the swag, the arrogance, the snarl, you know, the, the uh, buckets and baby goat. Instagram girlfriend model, all of this stuff. All is, the moves. All the moves. He drips Miami. We love him, and rightly so. But it's James fucking Harden. How often, as you said, how often does this opportunity come around? It doesn't happen often. So it, it will have to be Tyler as the main piece. Now, after people may be accepting that that is going to be the case, last night, obviously, Five Reasons reported that the Duncan Robinson thing is the sticking point, which means that obviously now, Houston in these trade discussions are going to be asking for both. Now, I'll ask you, Alex, this now becomes a lot harder. Does it mean still you do this trade if it means you're losing both Tyler and Duncan, plus obviously the money pieces that we would assume it would be a Kelly Olinick, uh, Iguodala, etc. Both. Um, that now becomes a lot tougher. For me, I still do it, but I now it becomes one of these where I think I, I wouldn't really care if it didn't happen because I'm not. I'm I'm very comfortable with having what we've got still. So do you follow those lines or do you think that, no, at this point now it becomes too expensive and I don't do the trade? Well, I'm definitely with you as far as being good regardless. Like I said earlier, I love where the Heat are at. Like I think they have a very sustainable uh, path towards the future if they want to or they can go all in for hard. And I think it's a pretty, it's, they're a pretty great place regardless. It's right? not bad, is it? Yeah, it's, I love it. I mean, a year or two ago, like, we were just down in the dumps. We were the perennial ninth seed. And, and now look at what we're talking about. We're saying, oh, well, forget Giannis. We've got Harden on the watch. <laughs> and now we're arguing about Harden. But no, I mean, the Duncan Robinson thing does make it a lot harder for me. And I would still, like, agree with you and, and probably lean towards, yes, doing the deal if it's, if it's available for you. But having to give up Hero, having to give up Duncan Robinson, obviously you, it would probably be Andre Iguodala, Kelly Olenek to make the numbers work. And let's say at least one more young player and at least a couple of first round picks, you are yeah. giving up an awful lot of that yeah. cupboard of, of, of uh, young talent and, and stuff that you can use in the future, right? And we know the Heat are not too keen on draft picks, especially when, right, when they're right in the middle of a contention yeah. uh, period, but it's a lot to give up. So again, I understand the conversation. I still probably lean towards yes. And honestly, I think the Heat are doing the right thing right now, haggling over Duncan Robinson. Like I think, just it's a smart negotiation they know what they're doing they're looking at it like look we're not going to give you Duncan Robinson until we feel like we absolutely have to and so that report coming out and again I'm not the one with information that's you know my colleagues Ethan Mm -hmm. and uh, Greg Sylvander and Adam Borai my 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 guy Clutch they they're the ones with information and from what I could tell from everything that's been reported it seems like what happened last night all that information that came last night to me was was a good thing for the Heat like, I think yeah. the Sixers are clearly at an impasse. Uh, I think they're really far apart because it's not only just Ben Simmons, it's 
Ben Simmons, multiple first-round picks. There was a report that they were also asking for Matisse Thybul, who looks like he's going to be an elite defender for his whole career. Mm-hmm. And if the Sixers aren't offering close to that, which doesn't sound like they are, um, then it's a problem. It's a problem for them, and I think it's great for the Heat because they might be in first place right now with the offer. And I think that's why they're not including Duncan Robinson. And I think maybe other teams could put up better offers if they wanted to, but why would you if you don't think Harden actually wants to play for your team or wants to re-sign in two years without knowing for sure you can't give up those assets? And I think that's why the Heat know that they're in a place of leverage, at least right now, knowing that they don't have to give up everything. But I think if it comes down to it, they will, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think that the, uh, the the Sixers sort of hold the keys here because if they if they decide that Ben Simmons is in the trade, then that that eclipses anything that anybody else can offer because he's by far the best player that's on the table here. Um, so I think that 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 they're the ones that have the leverage in that sense. But if they're deciding that no, Ben Simmons and this is what they're saying is part of our future and he will not be traded, then it doesn't it, it puts them nowhere near. So yeah, the, you're right. It's going to be interesting. And the only reason why I still I, I as I said I don't. It, I'm more than happy to walk away from this trade and go with what we've got. But if it means that we get... The reason why I still sway towards we do the deal anyway is because if somebody said to you at the beginning of last season that you would get um, James Harden for your rookie and Duncan Robinson, you would have you would have laughed because of no one expected what happened with with, um, with, with Duncan this year. So the, what, I've got the... And the bam. And and with Bam, yeah. So I've got I've got the faith in the front office to be able to pull something. You know, we could we could see something similar, some sort of rise with with Precious, with KZ. You know, we could see uh, these guys step up and rise, and then suddenly you're back to where you started anyway, because nobody saw what happened with Duncan Robinson, Tyler Harrow being as good as he as he was happening. So to the fact that you're giving up those two pieces after one very good year, for me, you do that. And the only other thing, just before we finish this segment, the only other thing that uh, I, I get a little bit knocked at with Twitter, they're saying, well, you went to your bench. Um, you haven't got that depth anymore. Well, I look at, if you did that trade, you've still got a team here that consists of Butler, Bam, Harden, obviously, Dragic, Leonard, Avery Bradley, Mo Harkless, Kendrick Nunn, Precious Atua, KZ Parla, Silva, UD. To me, that's, that's no. not bad. That's no, not it's not bad. bad. I agree with your your whole point here. I do think one or two of those young guys you mentioned, if I assumed, would be gone in the trade. And I think Precious would almost undoubtedly be gone. Yeah, perhaps, um, yeah. Given that he was there first. And uh, <laughs> Miami Heat Beat had this theory the other night. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, uh, that, uh, you know, Precious follows all these right-wing... <laughs> Oh, yes, I did say this. <laughs> yeah. He follows all these right-wing Twitter accounts and people were saying that, you know, we don't know his politics. And I'm not even going to get into a thing about politics here. But the people were saying that the, the theory is that they drafted Precious so that they could trade him to the Rockets because their owner is famously a Trump guy. Well, that is that, that is genius. That is Brilliant. genius. That is different level. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so um, what we're going to do then is we're going to trust our front office. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And to me, man, the, the, the last thing on the Harden thing that I think is interesting, the Sixers may or may not be offering Ben Simmons, but if the Rockets are really going to be, and specifically Tillman Fertitta, their owner, if those reports are true about not wanting to deal with Daryl Morey, that makes me feel good about it for the Heat. And mm-hmm. especially the, this whole thing about their asking price being three first-round picks along with Ben Simmons and Matisse Thybul, that is a ridiculous asking price. Absolutely. And I'm not going to waver from that. Like, I'll make fun of Ben Simmons forever. But Ben Simmons by itself should be enough to get hard. And maybe with a pick or two at most, like 
I think three picks for Simmons and Tybo is an awful, awful lot. It doesn't sound like the Sixers are even close to offering that. Not. And, like, <laughs> I'm going to speculate here. What if what if Daryl Morey <laughs> is trying to get off one of – I mean, well, they already got off a of, of Horford. But what if they're trying to <laughs> pawn off Foist off Tobias Harris, for example, in this deal too? Like, you know what I'm saying? I think there's well, a lot of ways where this could go, and yeah. that's not going to happen. But what I'm saying is, like – I don't think they're anywhere close. I don't think the Sixers and, and, and Rockets are anywhere close. And a lot of people seem to think that it's a done deal because of Ben Simmons. And I think it, it's, it, it is about Ben Simmons, but it's got to do with the, the, the politics between the Rockets and Sixers. And it's also got to do with everything else that the Sixers might be willing to add. So that's why I think it, you should feel pretty good about uh, him maybe ending up on the Heat. Yes, we shall see. It's going to be an interesting few days or who knows, a few months. Who knows how long this is going to roll out for. But um, for me, you just, you, as always, you take the star, you figure the rest out later. But there we go. So we'll, we'll leave the hardened bit there very, very quickly before I let you go, Alex. Um, you joined me on, uh, well, I asked you to give me your one to eight seedings for the first episode of our new show called The Heat Hub, which you gave me. Um, I just want to run through these quickly. This was your uh, one to eight. Um, so eight, seven, and six, you were very close to me. You had Wizards at eight, Pacers at seven, Sixers at six. I had exactly the same, but I, added, I had the Hawks at eight. So we're pretty good there. You then had the Celtics quite low. You had them at five, I had them at three. So quite low on the Celtics. You then put four, the Miami Heat. We'll see where that goes. I had the Heat up at two. Um, Raptors, we both had at three. And uh, Brooklyn, you had it too. Whereas I had Brooklyn all the way down at number five. So a bit of a difference there. And then we both obviously went with Bucks at the same. So the main point I'm getting it here, they're Brooklyn there at number two. Um, that's, you think they're going to be very good this year, obviously, yeah. Is you reading back the list to me now, especially since I submitted it a few <laughs> weeks ago, which is like, get it. I, I forgot that I had put it in this order. But I think, honestly, this season is going to be extremely hard to predict. Just Very because, hard. obviously, you know, COVID, you don't know what happens if there's an outbreak with any team that messes up anything. Uh, but I'm not even – I wasn't even factoring COVID into all of this. But to me, the Brooklyn thing, it's just they're going to have an incredible offense. Mm -hmm. Even if Kyrie and KD miss some time, as long as they don't miss a lot of time, I think they'll be fine. They're going to have a really good offense regardless, especially after picking up some more shooters. Uh, in the offseason, you know, picking up Jeff Green and just kind of rounding out the team. They have got weapons all over the floor. They're really deep. They've got 11 or 12 playable yeah. players. And I think that's kind of part of the reason why I have them up there. Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure about their defense, but I think it'll be good enough now, I, you know, to get to the higher seed. But I'm not as sure. Like, I could easily see Brooklyn dropping down to five, like they said, because of the injuries. If they just miss any significant amount of time, it, specifically, you know, Durant, because I think we've seen that they can win without Kyrie. <laughs> yeah. And they have other guards who can, you know, run an offense a little bit and score on their own. I think Durant is obviously the special player there. I think it, it kind of depends on him. He looks good. So yeah. I think uh, I do f still feel good about that pick, but I'm not as sure in the Nets. The Celtics thing is funny because I just like hating on the Celtics, but also <laughs> the whole thing with Kemba Walker's knee injury made me yeah, that's better true. about putting them down, you know, losing Hayward, who's another guy who can do some stuff for them. Yeah. Uh, like, I like them better for the playoffs, but I think they're going to go down in the regular season a little bit. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that, that you, you, you put it right right at the beginning there. You said that, that it's going to be such a difficult conference to call this year. It's really competitive. It's much better than it was last year. All the way, you could add those one to six pretty much in any position. Uh, I had Brooklyn down at five just because I think there will be a lot of load management there. But then I also said in the, in the episode, 
um, that it wouldn't surprise me at all if they come out the east. You know that, that this is that they're they're a strong strong team, arguably on paper the strongest team. So we'll see. It's going to be a really fun season. Your Miami Heat will be well and truly in the fold, whether we have James Harden or not. We expect good things from the Heat again. And uh, that just shows the turnaround this franchise has had in the last 18 months or so. So we are looking forward to a really exciting season again. Um, Alex, I really appreciate you joining me today. Um, we're, uh, the, the, our audience, uh, especially in the UK, are growing sport uh, over, the, over here um, all the time, getting more and more traction. So for the people that don't follow you, maybe on this side of the pond, where can everybody find you, mate? Uh, well, you can find me on, on Twitter at Tropical Blanket. Don't ask why. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a part of uh, Five on the Floor with Ethan Skolnick and Greg Sylvander. We do a Heat podcast as well. Uh, you can check us out there. And yeah, we'll be we'll be covering the Heat all year, man. I can't wait to to our Christmas game and <laughs> see yeah. Zion in person again. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, as everyone knows, um, I'm a massive champion of Five, uh, five Reasons Sports Network. So if anyone's not following, please obviously do so. The guys there do tremendous work all the way through the season, uh, podcasting almost daily. They have pre-game shows, post-game shows, you name it, they will cover it. So they are your, uh, your one-stop for Miami Heat content. So until next time, guys, we will see you very soon. Our next show will be uh, our new UK residency guest. I'm looking forward to that. That will be uh, next week, just before the season starts. We'll do some preview games. But until then, everybody take care. See ya. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.